And there they go. All right, man. Welcome to Chaos Theory. It is myself and Double R. You can find me on Twitter at Not the Fake Wags. You can find Double R at the underscore Rodney. Uh, excuse me, the underscore Rodney R. And then that's on Instagram. Sorry, that's Instagram. The underscore Rodney R is on Instagram. I'll pick that the one. The Rodney days, R please. is on uh, Twitter. There, Twitter X or whatnot. I'm also on Instagram at the Wagner Wire. Make sure you guys are hitting us up on that code to text line 512 222. 9328 and smash that subscribe button like we always talk about, my guy. What's up, Rodney, man? Happy Friday. Feel good Friday. You guys are up in Adam. You guys are leaving after this, right? Uh no, we're we're a couple of hours out uh, before we head out. We're 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 kind of doing it. We're doing it the old people way. We're we're going to take off and and we're going to stop about halfway, little little past halfway. Um, I, I was talking about yesterday at the round table that we were going to Beaumont. I think we're actually going to Lake Charles, and then we'll make the rest of the you know whatever rest of the trek over there. But uh, man, looking forward to. I mean, just it's what, what's be a great the first week. thing? What what's the first thing you guys? are going to do when you get do you got to do you have like an agenda or a schedule or itinerary typed up absolutely tracy type anything up or or you guys excited about seeing nola you know i i was i was telling bucky yesterday i I think tracy's probably going to spend more time with bucky I think they'll probably go gambling because Tracy's like, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, whatever. But, but I mean, it worked out well thanks to our man, uh, Dr. Trey Elling. I fell into an amazing deal to actually get into the game last night. So oh, now right we're on. going to the game. So now right we're going on, to the game. man. So, yeah, yeah. So, dude, I wish I would have known this. I would have gone with you. Yeah. You, you know, I got to tell you, man, um, it was one of those things where my first call was going to be to you. But I'm like, I don't know if Tracy wants to go to the game yeah. or not. I, I don't think she does. But if I don't go to her first. <laughs> um, so anyway, no, look, no. man, I, I'm just excited. I, I think these two games right here, I think that. And, and you know, we can break do you know where you're sitting? Do you know where the seats are at? Uh, I don't. Um, it don't, it don't where, even matter. You're, you're it, going to you're going to the Sugar Bowl. It don't matter where the fuck it's. Are it's at. wherever BK's at. Uh, apparently, we're sitting right with him. So, um, but the whole thing is, man. I'm just. I think this is going to be a great uh, two great games right here, man. And uh, honestly, I had totally forgotten that you know Jimmy Johnson, not the race car driver, goes into the Ring of Honor on Saturday night. I totally forgot about hey, that. Yeah, about that, man. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to have a great uh, a great weekend of football. And I'm just, you know, wags. Uh, you can you can kind of relate to this, man. I was saying yesterday, I'm just excited to see this fan base hyped up for this, man. It's so long deserved, and and I think it's going to be great, man. I think it's what be is amazing. What are your main concerns going into this game against the Huskies? So when I break this down, right when I and, and we've been you know talking about you know how we were going to break down the Sugar Bowl for almost a month now, and you know the mm-hmm. time is finally upon us here. When I look at this matchup, and I, I look at you know out of the four, um, I I see Texas, and maybe this is just me because you know I'm I'm wearing the burnt orange man, but I feel like Texas is the team to beat out of the four, not Michigan, not Alabama. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think Wash sure Washington has probably the most high-powered uh, passing attack offense, right? But they can't stop Dick. They can't stop anybody. Um, yeah. In terms, and in, in their 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 defense. All right, we know what we saw against Oregon, right? The, the Oregon o- Oregon Ducks can score. They can blow them out of the water, right? So uh, let let's let's put those contests aside. They other than that, they still allow other teams to score on them, Rodney. 
that that's mm-hmm. the thing here. So you're going up against an offense that seems like it was it, it was starting to figure everything out and starting to fire on all cylinders, man. I think this Texas Longhorn offense is the team to beat going into the college football playoff. Of course, I'm getting I might be getting too ahead of my skis here because I'm drinking the burnt orange Kool-Aid here. But the matchup, this if you can get past Washington, right? If you can get past Washington, this is the toughest matchup that I see for the Longhorns going into this. I would I I embrace Michigan. Let let me see what Michigan can do against our defense because I don't think it's going to be much, right? They can't throw the damn ball. J.J. McCarthy is not a pro quarterback. He's a college schemer, which it it works well for Michigan right now, but you got to be able to throw the damn ball, J.J., and you can't do that against the Longhorns. Well, you should be able to do it against Longhorns, but I don't think – I would love to dare J.J. to throw against these Longhorns. But first things first, got to take care of Washington. And how do we do that, Rodney? You know, I, I don't think, honestly, Wags, I don't think Michigan gets by Alabama. I mean, when I see the when I see the Jalen Milrow thing yesterday, you know, with, um, and we've got the sound there to where Bill O'Brien's saying that he should have changed positions and all of that and, and getting benched and all of that. Alabama, I mean, Alabama and Texas, to me, seem like the two hottest teams rolling into this thing. Um, when it comes down to Washington and Texas, um, I think what what you're going to have right here, it's going to be so important. Um, it's the last couple of days. It's really come up that you're going to have to win that that battle in the trenches. I mean, that is so important, especially in the sense with Texas and Washington, both of the defenses right there. The secondary seems to be kind of the spot that that that's been a little suspect, so to say, uh, on both sides of the ball right there. So I think which, whichever one of those secondaries is able to answer the call right here, because man, these are high power. Powered offenses, man. There are so many weapons here for for both of these quarterbacks to utilize. And I really think, I really think, I mentioned this yesterday at the roundtable, I think if Texas can establish the run game and drag, make this game long, sustain some drives, just continue to pound, 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 Wags, I think Jaden Blue is going to be the dude in this game that that could be the story when it's all said and done. I mean, I know that C.J. Baxter is is obviously uh, was a starter going in, and then you know he became the the, the dude that took over. But Jaden, man, I, I think this could be a Jaden Blue breakout game, dude. What really what about Jaden? What what gives you the warm and fuzzy on Jaden Blue? I, I think that we're going to see a combination of him being able to do. I mean, obviously when when J.B. goes down. Um, I think that Jaden Blue is the one that's going to be able to most adapt when he has to, when he has to pound, and then when, when they can get him out in the flat and do shit on the outside, kind of get him to the edge and all of that. And and I think that that's really going to be where where Jaden Blue can be the dude that that really kind of puts himself into the position right here to be you know where folks around the country may look at this game afterwards and like wow Jaden Blue where did he come from? We know that he can do this. And um, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch, man. We we mentioned yesterday the chess match, the chess match, DeBoer and Sarkeesian. How do you adjust? That is going to be so fucking fun to watch. Yeah, and, and like both of these both these head coaches, man, have rerouted their programs, so to speak. It, and with the matter of their their first tenure here, right, their first contract within their institution, right. Um, Caleb DeBoer has is like he's an offensive you know, genie, like the guy knows how to put points up, man, no matter where he goes, he finds offensive production out of his, uh, out of his club, out of his ball team. Um, The same thing is is said with with Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian, another quarterback whisper knows how to get the most out of his offense and knows how to score, you know, at a high proficiency, like, like other, or, or, um, like like your other high powered offense, I, yeah. I was going to say like a Lincoln Riley, but I didn't want to use Lincoln Riley. But yeah, Lincoln <laughs> Riley knows how to put put up some damn offenses here. Um, 
to me, man, I, I think it's a great matchup between two, you know, two headpieces here. But the like, obviously, the tail of the tape is going to be the, um, for me the defense we've, that we've already been talking about. Sure, uh, the wide receiver room we know about for Washington—they are phenomenal, one of the best in the nation, right? But if you don't stop Johnson out of the backfield, things could get really nasty for the Longhorns. That's the one thing. That's the one key that I think the Longhorns have dominant, right? They had the front seven, like their front yeah. four. If they can get pressure off their front four, like we talked about this all season long, if they can get pressure off their front four and then drop drop uh, uh, drop people back to take away the passing lanes uh, from Michael Penix Jr., it's going to be a long night for Penix Jr. And that's what you had to do. That's the same thing they did with Milrow. They made him one-dimensional and forced him to throw the ball, and it didn't work out that well for Alabama. I think you have to do the same thing for Texas, which is or for, for Washington, which sucks for Texas because Washington is so potent on the yeah. offensive uh, passing threat. Yeah, and, and I love the comment here from Longhorn Bear to where it talks about, I mean, folks, folks, when they talk about the the Texas offense, I mean, they're they're obviously talking about Quinn Ewers and they're talking about, you know, Mitchell and, and, and all of that stuff right there. But I think what, what has been drastically undersold to me has been the Texas offensive line. Um, and that was definitely a strength coming into the season because he had so many guys that were coming back. But it really seems like when when Jonathan Brooks went down, it really seemed like these guys stepped it up a notch. I mean, not that they were half-stepping or Olay and her brother-in-law. And before that, it seemed like with that offensive line room that at that point, that's where they're like, okay, we've lost what could be, you know, the Doak Walker winner, you know, whatever, whatever accolade you want to give to Jonathan Brooks. And so we got to go to these other guys that are going to have to take over. And what have they done? Oh, nothing much. They've produced 100-yard oh, yeah. rushing that's, efforts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Uh, we I talked about that you know like the beginning of, of December man or or matter of fact when when JB went down like when mm -hmm. the next the next week when you can have CJ Baxter come in there and run for a hundred yards and then you know after that have JB or Blue come in there and do another hundred yard that's a tribute to your Dude. offensive line right yeah. you have one of the best offensive lines in in college football if you can have insert any type of running back in there to take over from one of your best leading rushers in the nation and get another 100 yards, get over the century mark. And not just the next week, but two weeks in a row. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a big statement for your offensive line. I don't know if they – I don't know if they necessarily – you know, put the mantle on and said, all right, we got to do more. I think that, I think it's been the same type of production and same type of play from the offensive line. I think that's, yeah. you know, they responded tremendously to JB going down, but I think that's the same type of production that they've been doing all, all season long. There, there's been some mishaps. There's been some stumbles with the offensive line. There's been some regression, but they've also been able to right the ship. Um, I think with a month of having to plan and having the scheme and getting on the same page, um, I think that's even going to bode uh, well even more for this offensive line and get them into a unit, man. Um, you thought that you saw a dominating unit all throughout the campaign. We've already seen one campaign. This is now essentially just beefing up for the next for for next year's campaign, right? Mm -hmm. This should be you know you know putting the damn butter on the rolls and everything and getting ready for dinner, baby, because we're about to eat. Yeah, and and I think it's going to be so important to to set the tone of, of the of the ball game. I think this game is going to be so well, both games. I mean, it's going to be really cool to see as teams come out because they've had a month off. I mean, that's the underlying thing right there. I mean, you, you lose a continuity, you lose momentum. I know you've been practicing. I mean, I totally get that. I mean, I know that, but you can't, you can't compare practice. You can't compare scrimmages to real game activity right there. Uh, in my opinion, 
But the the one thing that that, that I want to see is, I, I mean, special teams are going to be of importance right here in this ball game because I think if it comes down to a shootout right here, I mean, you have Burt Auburn has been just tremendous. I mean, it, it may rest on the leg of him. I mean, is this going to come down to who has the ball at the end of the game? I, I don't know. Maybe it does. But I, it's it's going to be a shootout, dude, because because the secondaries are leaky. There is no other way to put it. Both of them are very leaky. I think for me, it comes down to the defensive front four or the defensive um, front line or the the defensive line for for Texas. Like that front four needs to be able to get after it. If you can get, I I, I talk about I talk about dialing up five man pressure and six man pressure a lot, but if with with this game in particular, if you can if you can just keep pressure on Penix Jr. with four mm-hmm. with, with just four down linemen and that's it mm-hmm. just a basic just a base rush and and not have to dial up your your fifth man and bring him from uh bring him from the secondary bring him from a linebacker position um I, I, I just talked about it man force him to throw into lanes that aren't there right and then allow him to get off or or don't allow him to get on the spot and make him move outside the pocket and then get him to throw in a run like Penix Jr. is, is a Sunday quarterback let's not take anything away from that yep. but if you get him off his spot he's not going to look like he's you know a damn uh, a heisman trophy candidate man i'm, I'm it's just it, it's true dude it's everybody that knows football or everybody that's yeah. played the game knows yeah. that a quarterback's uh, look at tom brady tom brady was comfortable because he was able to stand in the statue stand as a statue you get him off his mark he's just a mediocre quarterback i'm not i'm yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, it's it's pretty damn. I mean, I'm not trying to be a damn rocket scientist here with football, dude. You guys know this, man. If you can take a quarterback off his spot, he's going to have a bad damn day. To me, yeah. the front four of the defense is the key here for this game going forward into the Sugar Bowl. You 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 stop you stop what he does best. I mean, that's the whole thing. You put him on his heels, and that's what he does best. And I think Jake hits it right here. Uh, Baron Sorrell. I mean, that name has come up so often here in the last couple of days. Burke as well. I mean, yeah, because- I think our defense ends are going to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think our, I think Sweat and Murphy are going to get after it. Like Washington's going to have a tough time with this defense. Now, on the flip side of that, Rodney, I don't think Texas is going to struggle that mightily with the Washington Husky defense. I think we'll be able to move the ball up and down the field. Am I wrong? I, I think so too, and, and that's that's why I think it's going to be so important to come on out and get the momentum and go right down the field um, to to establish. And that and that's where I'm curious to see. I mean, like like I said yesterday, I know we'll have the first play pass. You know, I know that'll happen. But what if we don't? I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen right there. But I, I think that the Texas offense really has um, the capability to start this game and be two dimensional. And I think it's going to be so important to utilize Jatavion Sanders. I mean, I, I feel like a broken record on and on and on. I mean, you've got this dude right here. This dude should be a first-round draft pick, and he just he just hasn't had the opportunity for whatever reason to for that. And I think there are so many guys right here. I mean, I keep seeing in the chat, and, of course, the code text line is open, 222-9328. Feel free to check in there as well. I think there are so many guys that are going to be able to step in and and are, I hate to use that old shock the nation thing from back in the day, but I think this is where so many people have seen Texas and there are household names right here, 
But I think this is where that defensive front and the guys on the edge, when we're talking about Barron and we're talking about Burke, I think that's where they can really establish that and be like, oh, wait a minute. We thought the Texas defense was just the guys in the middle. Where the hell does edge come from? Yeah, I mean, you stop Penix, dude. That, man, that is massive. They're going to have to get a a heavy a heavy pass rush right off of this front Absolutely. court. Because, I mean, hell, if, if you want to disguise your – if you want to disguise your vulnerabilities, your vulnerabilities, if you want to kind of alleviate some of the stuff that you don't do well in, in your secondary, that's got to come from a pressure off your front four, right? Like, it, it, if you don't want your secondary to look and be exposed, to look bad and be exposed, you got to get pressure off of your front four so that you can get to the opposition's quarterback so that he doesn't throw all over you, right? That is a key to the success. I mean, that's what the – I always go back to the 05 and 09 Giants, right? They weren't exactly that spectacular in the secondary. They just had tremendous um, defensive lines that were able to get after Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots, yep. right? That's exactly what this defense for the Longhorns has to do. They're 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 decent in the secondary, but that's where you could argue that that's their that's their most vulnerable spot, right? They give up some susceptible, they give up some some decent plays, some uh you, you know uh, some key third and fifteen yard uh, third and fifteen down in distances to where they don't get off the field sometimes. Um, that's kind of where the the Longhorns are most vulnerable, at, right? You get a decent heavy pass rush. In that exposure, that you know, um, uh, vulnerability goes away, or or it minimizes a little bit more, right? Because you know, if, if you're getting that pass rush there, what we talked about there, Penix isn't allowed to stand up; he can't get to his spot, and then he doesn't look as solid as we thought he was, man. That's mm -hmm. how that's the key of success for me for this defense. I think PK. I'd love to see a little bit of five man pressure every now and then, but if you can hold it to a four man pressure and just get your base uh, your base rush off of that, you're fine. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be imperative, Wags. You've talked about it, and I love what Cooter's talking about right here. You, you know, with Penix using the, or Penix, whatever, however the hell you say his name. Uh, you know, the three and five step drops, uh, Texas, you're going to have to tackle him quick. I mean, you're going to have to be all over him. But like you have mentioned so many times, Wags, and, and I think it's been a great observation all season long, is what are the linebackers? I mean, Anthony Hill, uh, I, I mean, Jalen Ford. I mean, how, how do these guys react to this dude? Because he is so damn quick. Well, and, they got to get their drops. They got to get their drops. Got to do it quick, man, because this is a dude that can burn you, that can absolutely burn you and burn you fast. So I think the linebacker play is going to be imperative. I mean, I'm very confident in the in 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 the front four right there from Texas. I mean, from the edge, from the guys in the middle, uh, the secondary does. Yeah, you know, it, it concerns me a little bit, but. But, you know, the whole thing is, I mean, it's like people, if you look at Texas stats this year, you look at Michael Taff and it's like, oh, this dude must be a stud, all these intercepts. And I'm not saying he's not a stud, but that dude flies under the radar and he's a guy that will get He's around the, the ball hawk. He's around the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they go to him and he makes plays happen. So I really think it's an opportunity for to, to just answer a lot of questions. And I saw one of the comments on there saying that I, I think a lot of people maybe don't realize how good um, – Texas really is because, you know, Big 12, you know, whatever the case is. I mean, here is your chance. This Washington team, dude, they come in, they're locked and loaded. They ain't fucking lost in a long time, dude. So we're, we're, here you we're go. Four points, we're four points away from being undefeated. Like, people people don't realize that. Like, people, people don't love the – people love to hold the flowers back from Texas because they're a blue blood, and I get that. Yep. But literally, like – 
I've, I've heard so many people say, oh, Texas don't belong there. Texas don't belong there. My counter is Texas is four points away from being undefeated. How in the hell do you say they don't belong there? Yeah. I, I, I think people are sleeping under a goddamn rock. Excuse me for well, taking the Lord's name in vain. But, I mean, to, to sit there and say that Texas doesn't belong in the top four is just absolutely absurd, and you're gone. You're lost. You're on a different damn planet because this team is four points away from being undefeated, and they are the best team right now, the hottest team. I I would say Alabama might be the hottest team right now, but Texas is the best overall team right now out of the top four. I really think kind of my observation, and, and we'll talk about it here in the next few days. I mean, the observation for me is, when, when you look at when you look at the first semifinal, when you look at Alabama and Michigan, to me that's I, I think they're both going to be competitive ball games. To me, it seems like that first one, the Alabama and Wolverine game, that's the one that can get out of control. I think because I think Alabama can seize the opportunity right there and and shut down the Michigan offense. Because I mean, there there have been a couple of times where Michigan has been shut down, and what we're seeing with Jalen Milrow, I mean, he's got bulletin board material right now. Sorry, somebody's out front. Oh, you're but, good. Um, it's their world too, man. Let the dog let the doggos bark. It's their world too. Dude. Yeah, right. It's, it's it's their house. But I think this Texas this Texas um, Washington game that's the one that that we're going to see a shootout here, dude. And it's yeah, uh, sixty three and a half is the over here. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I totally get that. I totally get that because everything is right there because with the defense, it's like, okay, which defense is going to step up? But, you know, at the same time, Wags. Washington's like, going to score, Rodney. They're, they're, they're going to yeah. score. Like, we we know, like, as, as much as I want to say that this defense, and that's what it does come down. It comes down to the front four, right, for the mm-hmm. for the defensive line for me. But you, you can't think that Texas is going to pitch a shutout. If, holy shit, if Texas pitches a shutout, I got, I got goosebumps just thinking about that. My nipples are hard. But if Texas pitches a shutout, I don't even want. I don't even want to think of the national championship because uh, we might just get two, two over our our skis if we pitch a damn shutout, man. But oh my god, what a dominant performance! If that were to be the case, I don't think that's going to happen. But holy hell, if that does happen, look, I, I said I see. Um, you know, I see JD said, uh, or a few people in here. That, you know, the things. Uh, you know, is, is Thompson having a big game out of the secondary, right? Well, all yeah, that's true. All that's true. The secondary needs to have a big game. But how the secondary has a big game is if that defensive front four gets after Penix and, and gets him off his spot. That's how you get Penix uncomfortable. That's how you get him thrown in the, into, uh, you know, throwing um, ill-advised throws and, and late throws over the middle um, when he shouldn't be doing it. That is how you get interceptions and forced turnovers, man, by getting pressure off of that defensive front. This can very much be, I mean, this kind of, this game could take the same feel that, that I'm feeling tomorrow night, Monday night football on Saturday night with Dallas and Detroit to with the Cowboys playing at home. Hold on, before, hold on, before, before we get to that one, what, do you have a, a, like a score for, for the Sugar Bowl here? Like what, what's Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, that's kind of what I was saying to, to where oh, okay. I think we have a very high over under here, but it could be like one team. And I, and I say it could be Texas that is scoring whatever points and, and Washington right. is not because that's kind of, so I mean, it's good. 63 and a half and it's all going to be the Longhorns. Get the well, hell out of well, here. I mean, that, that could be 40 to whatever the difference is or something like that. But it, I, I just really think, I just really think that Texas is coming into this game and, and, and the whole thing is kind of the national narrative, which you were talking about right there, Wags, is people, people just don't want Texas to be in this because I, I think it's been, you know, so much that we're back and, and, you know, every now and then. It's been you know, 20 years, Rodney. It's well, been 20 and, and, and years. I can, we, can, can we get a little bit of sympathy here? 
Well, and, and I think the whole thing about it, I mean, th this is college football now. I mean, and the whole thing is, I mean, look at these brands. I mean, Washington is kind of the outlier, and, and I do want to touch on that. I mean, I love what DeBoer and Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian and DeBoer have done right here because look how these teams are built in this college football landscape that we have right now. The, both of these dudes come in, and it's not, quote-unquote, their players that people talk about. They figured out the ones that wanted to buy in and wanted to be a part of these programs, and they have found success. Um, they have, you know, you know, Phoenix is actually, you know, from the transfer portal. Uh, so is Quinn yours. I mean, you have those pieces that have been done like that. But these guys have kind of built their programs in non-traditional ways to where you see coaching changes and all that, and it's like this mass exodus. Look what's, look what's happening in College Station. You know, everybody's fucking flying off the boat here. But well, I've, both I, of right, these guys so have done a really good job. Station, no, I think College Station, um, their program is it's it's in complete disarray after Jimbo Fisher. Man, I, like we'll we'll see what what Mike's able to to fix and and sure up there in, in Texas A and M. The good thing about Texas A and M is that they're getting a, a coach back that they had you know a couple of years ago to help keep the culture there to help keep the keep the culture corralled, I would say, because the culture's kind of left a little bit there. Anything with Jimbo Fisher there, you kind of got to get rid of it and, and kind of cut it out like like a cancer almost, man. That was, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's... And that's Who's the Elko, right? Mike Elko, right? Mike Elko, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, th there was a small part of me just as a, as a football person that was watching the game the other night with A&M, and it's like, damn, your, your fourth-string quarterback, now your starter goes down on the first series or first play or whatever it was. And it's like, I think I think I read somewhere that they had less than 50 scholarship athletes on that roster oh. for that bowl game. And it's like, God bless America, man. These guys, you know, destroyed the recruiting class a few years ago. And here they are. It's, it's It looks like fucking Skeletor out that's there. You know their, uh, that's been their claim to fame, right? Recruiting. Recruiting, yeah. baby. We got it. Recruiting. Yep. Well, where the hell is that shit at now, man? That's How about this right here, Wags? There you go. Here's the power of the app. Um, if you're actually watching on YouTube, I hope, because uh, he's got somebody driving, so that's a good thing. JD Hack uh, 80 uh, on the road to New Orleans right now. I've got my buddy driving my truck so I can relax listening to I'm you and I right scream. Now. Hopefully, you here. guys are taking turns driving back and forth, man. That way, somebody can relax and somebody can. But hey, JD, we appreciate you. Uh, thanks for tuning in to us on the road, man. Everybody that's tuning in on the road, listen to that code of text line, 512-222-9328. We appreciate all your comments. And, of course, everybody that's on this YouTube channel as well. By the way, speaking of that, why don't you guys give us – we see J, I, JD's already put his picks Travel. out there. JD Hack, um, uh, JD Hack 80's already put out his picks as well. Robbie's put their picks out there. Everybody, put your picks in here into the YouTube chat and on the code of text line. To let us know what you think the score is going to be out of this Sugar Bowl. Um, I'm seeing a lot of 38, 27, 38. Yeah. It seems to be the number for the Longhorns here. Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like we're getting into the 40s, my guy. I'm feeling like we could have a offense of juggernaut firehouse from uh, Quinn Ewers and company here. Uh, we talked a little bit about what the plays or what we think is going to be the keys to the game for um for the longhorns here defensively i gave you the front for my defensive front four now what i think is going to happen for offense man I, I i've been on this i've been on this feeling for about two weeks now and i don't want to say that i have the self-fulfilling prophecy but i do think that whenever i i get a no a preconceived notion and i hone in on it and i 
concentrate really hard and I make my, and I focus my energy on it, it, it kind of starts to come true, Rodney. Yeah. But I got to focus really hard. And for the past two weeks, I've been focusing and I've been seeing Jordan Winnington coming up with one hell of a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's Jay Witt, but that's the person that emerges clearly out of my crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think Worthy's going to be a stud. I think he's going to have a decent game, but he will be doubled. I think Adonai Mitchell will have some success. He might have three or four catches, but he will also be doubled. They will not have an answer for Sanders. It's a lot of and guys. They definitely to won't have an answer for Whittington. Whittington yeah. will hurt you early and kill you late in this mm-hmm. Sugar Bowl. I like Jay Whittington. I like Jordan Whittington being the MVP of this Sugar Bowl. Dude, I, I love endurance matches when you get into this. Where, 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 Like I said, you go strength on strength, and, and then that, that's it's going to be a matter of wearing down your opponent. Like boxing, dude. It's like a prize fight. I really think that's what this game is going to be. I mean, these guys, you're going to go and you're going to trade jabs, and I think the momentum is going to switch back and forth. I mean, there's going to be times where it's Texas fans were like, fuck yeah, and then there's other times where it's like, holy shit. So, uh, I mean, I really think that's what's going to happen right here. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe it gets out of control, but uh, I mean, I think you have to seize it and seize it quick. I mean, you you have to, whichever team I think comes out of the box stronger is going to be the one. Because if it does come down to the last possession ball game, you're hoping at that point you got your nuts back under you and you're able to to take a deep breath and, and, and go back, you know, into the battle right there. So I think that's going to be massive, dude. It's, um this is, this is going to be. Uh, amazing. Uh, I mean, uh, I see right here, he, here's Sanders, you know, as the MVP with two touchdowns and 80 yards. I love that call. I mean, that's I think what we'll I be ready for Sanders, though. That's the thing. Like, I, I think Sanders is on everybody's radar, right? Like, the the one that, and I don't see how he goes under the radar, but it's 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 Witt. It's Jay Whittington, man. Jay Whittington, is, for me, is, all right, the key X factor is Sanders here, right? But when everybody's taken away, when everybody's covered or whatnot, Whittington seems to be the guy that comes up with that big play, right? Or or comes comes up with the the play that extends the drive, or you know moves the chains a lot, you know, a little bit more to, to to wear down the opposition's defense, or to get us in a position for for three, and then to, to tack on, um, you know, to move past the three and then get into a position to to march into the to the end zone for six. Um, I love Jordan Winnington here. Uh, I think maybe it's it's the whole narrative that he hasn't had the big, li- you know, limelight, you know, headline game, marquee game, uh, you know, that he that he had when he was at Quero or whatnot. This might be one of his last games of his of his career here at Texas Longhorn. And the dude's the dude is just throbbing. He is he is due for one of those big highlight games. That is my own. That's it's my gut notion it's not really a factual thing it's the only it's like my contrarian play that i would throw if i was playing like a fantasy uh a fantasy football pick or something like that i don't think people will be able to cover it like uh like uh jd said in the in the comments here you can't double everybody right you can't be you're not going to be able to put two guys on worthy all the time you're not going to be able to put two guys on mitchell all the time somebody's going to have to be open and when you think you have everybody covered whittington's the guy that usually hurts you the most and i like jay witt You're muted, Rodney. Sorry. Dogs. You're good. Um, that, that's where I go back to, to Jaden Blue because I, I do think he's kind of the, uh, not to take the word here, but the X factor to where 
because all of that, I think the I think the running game is going to open up right here, and I do think that he's going to be uh, the the guy that's going to take the mantle right there. And speaking of blue, before I go any further, speaking of blue, you see right there on the screen, you see that red, white, and blue dominoes right there. Yesterday at Pluckers, your man Ike was looking for you, Wags. He's like, "Where the hell is Wags?" My man Ike. Ike was there, and Ike. Domino's Pizza is now a travel partner right here with Texas Sports Unfiltered. I can tell you, I do this all the time because there is one about a half mile from me right down the road, and my lazy ass doesn't want to drive over there. I'll let him bring it to me. I may have had a few all stats by that point when I decided to get my pizza. So, uh, I mean, ordering Domino's is now easier than ever, and you can order it virtually from anywhere. And I can tell you this because I have been in my travels. I order Domino's from different states or whatever, and they bring it right to me online at dominoes.com. Domino's mobile apps for iPhones, Androids, Windows phones, everything right there. Um, just check out the Domino's mobile app, Twitter, text messaging, Samsung. I mean, it's all right there. Use that, and here's the best part. Here's the best part. You can use the pizza tracker wags. I don't know if you've checked this out yet, but you order that pizza, and they're like, so-and-so is five minutes away which that's right down the road. So as soon as he leaves, it, and so I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me put some clothes on because somebody's about to come to the door and drop me off a hot Domino's pizza. Welcome aboard as a travel partner. It is Domino's pizza, our man. I, good to see you yesterday, my man. No matter where you go, you feel like you always got like a really good Domino's in your neighborhood, right? Oh, man, absolutely. Ike provides that for us, that's for sure. Thank you, Ike, for jumping on board and helping us uh, be travel partners here. Uh, to get us to New Orleans for NOLA, which was where we'll be having this fantastic contest here. A lot of 38s. A lot of 38s for the Longhorns here, man. I'm seeing 42-24, double R. 42-24 is going to be – I'm going to flip. I'm going to have the mirror mirror little, the little mirror effect there. 42 and then 24. How about that? Uh, I've had – I've kind of had it in, in my gut – which I always say I have a lot of gut. I've kind of had 37, 37 to 28 Texas is kind of what's been proud to have gnaw- you on board. Gnawing at me. Yeah, my man Ike right there, man. So so cool. Um, yeah. 37. Yeah. That that that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like 30, so 38 and 37 seems to be the sweet spot here for this Longhorn offense. Yeah, it, it really does. And and here's here's the whole thing right here. This could very much be whatever team gets to 36 to 38 points. That, that's that's going to be your winner. I mean, because you look at Washington, they average right around 38 points a ball game. So I think if you limit them, if you can keep them under 30, which is a very They haven't order. played a defense like this. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know. I would, that, argue, I would argue we haven't seen an offense like this, too. But it's it's easier to adjust. I think it would be easier to adjust to the offense than their offense adjust to our defense. Yeah. And then, and then Michael Pinnock says this, um, they're, they're good. They're a good D line, you know, um, that's it though. They're they're a good D line. Well, whenever the game comes, we'll see, you know, how, how good they are, you know, obviously on film, you know, you play, you play, they play different teams. You know, they haven't played our offensive line yet. So uh, <laughs> I, I can't really make comments on exactly how good they are. But, you know, it's from film and uh, the teams that they play, you know, they, they show a lot of great things. And boys, they're pretty good. So, Well, I mean, from what I hear out of that is that's Michael Penix Jr. knowing what his opposition does have. Um, he knows that, that Texas is dominant, but he also – 
is the quarterback and he can't say, oh, they're going to eat my boys up. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be eat my offensive line up because his offensive line has his back. His offensive line is, has the, um, you know, has the ability to keep him upright, right? Like that's the number one goal for that offensive line for Washington is to keep him upright. And if he goes out there and says, Oh my God, my boys are going to get the shit beat out of him. That ain't a good look. Um, and you know, damn well, that's what Michael Penix wants to say, but he ain't saying that because he's got to have a little bit of heart for his boys, man. The Huskies look, they ain't played. They it's just what Penix said. They're good, right? The, the Longhorns are good, but here's the thing, man. The, Longhorns ain't played a, an offensive line like the Huskies, and not, you know the Huskies ain't playing a defensive line nowhere near the dominant level of this Texas offensive line. It's one of the best in the nation, and I can't wait to see them eat up the Huskies on uh, uh, on on the first year, man. And, and that's why I say with with both of these groups, I mean, you can't go in and spot the other team fourteen or seventeen points because well, I mean, my, my key to the game is the, is the defensive line for Texas. And and I think this is this is huge right here. What what Rob says, because I really do think that third phase of the ball game. I mean, a Keelan Robinson play, something like that. A block. Past three or four weeks, it's been it's been special teams, Rob. Absolutely, man. I think that is so important, and that's one of those things that goes so undersold. You don't talk about special teams until special teams fucks up, or you, right, you know, right, right, until, until it bites you in the ass or something. Right. You you can win a ball game and you have two or three really good special teams plays, and it's like okay, that happened. But when something goes wrong, and that's why I think in a game where you get like this, to where it can get into fireworks and high scoring affair, to where. I mean, one of these special teams is going to have to make a play, and, and I really think that Texas has a definite advantage on that. And and that's going to factor in, dude. I mean, I'm not going to give you a 5,000-unit lock that it's a special teams play that's going to decide this ball game, but it's going to be imperative, dude. It's going to be huge. What do you think yours does? Yeah, You know, in this game, I really think that, that I see Quinn Ewers being um, – I think it just controls the game. I mean, because there's going to be a lot of ebb and flow right here because I, I, man, I do think we talked about this yesterday at the round table. I think at some point Sarkeesian is really going to try to stretch this thing out and turn it into time of possession to and, and utilize the running game um, because of what you were talking about. I mean, there are so many weapons over on the outside because you're going to double team Whittington. You're going to double team um you know, number five, I, I mean, what do you do with Sanders? I mean, all that's going to happen. It's going to open up the inside. And, and, and it, I, dude, I just think it's so important to be ahead of the chains. I mean, don't, don't third down conversions. Don't put yourself in third and eight. Don't put yourself yeah, don't, in third When you're in seven. third and eight, don't force it. You know what I mean? Take the fucking check down. My God, take the check down. And hopefully that third and eight, if you're hitting a, you know, a four yard, a uh, little dump down off the check down, man. Hopefully that third and eight turns into a move the sticks and you get a first down out of it because you force the guy into a one-on-one and you make the guy miss and then you, you move the sticks and you get a fresh set of downs. That's why I love the check down, man. Usually, uh, you're, you're, usually you're, you're putting it out there on the opposition for them to make the play. It's the person that makes the least amount of mistakes in the game that usually comes up victorious out of this game, right? And if you get somebody in a one-on-one and force them to, to try and make a one-on-one -on -one tackle and they miss, hell, that's 10 extra yards, Rodney, unless the pursuit's right there on your ass. Yeah. The 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 more that I analyze this game and go back and, and watch things and, and just, you know, watching the Big 12 title game, watching the last couple of weeks of Texas, watching Washington, and, and I mean, look, I mean, Washington – I mean, you beat Oregon twice, so so the, the yeah, they're, you know they're good. Washington they're, can play, man. Washington good. can play. I really think Wags that this game to me can take the feel of the 04, the 04 Rose Bowl, the Michigan game. Remember Jesus, Texas? I can't, even, I can't even remember that. 
Oh man, I'm kidding, man. I, I, I remember, think I remember, it's I remember. it's back and forth. It came down to a field goal at the end. So I mean, I think this is where maybe we cement another Texas kicker. You know, selling shirts for him at Sue Patrick, uh, having him go sign autographs. But the whole thing is, I mean, there'll be work to do if you're able to win this. But I, I think a lot of folks are are very confident in in the Texas team, and and I think most importantly. The Texas coaching staff and the Texas players are fucking confident. I mean, the last the last few weeks right there of the season that we saw, I mean, I, I think it's massive that M- Malik Murphy came in here and won those games. And, you know, when Brooks goes down, that you have guys that come in and, and fill and fill the, the hole right there. We talk about the running back rooms, best in the country probably, but still. It's it's hard to go and fill those gaps. And I think the Texas has answered a lot of questions. And most importantly, Wags, they've answered that shit to themselves. Right. It, it's one thing when everybody else believes in you, but when you believe in yourself, you are fucking dangerous, man. No, I'm with you, man. Um, and you know, we heard you've heard Sounder on on some of the shows uh over the past couple of days, you know, on PK addressing, you know, the uh the confidence of the secondary and how much they've improved, so uh, so to speak just in this month of preparation for getting ready for this uh, Washington Husky, uh, Washington Husky bout. Um, I, I'm, I'm with PK here. Like I, I don't like, we talked a little bit about the vulnerabilities with the secondary here in the beginning of the show. And, you know, of course that, you know, Penix can spin it better than, than almost anybody that we've seen so far. But again, I'm going back to it. The key to success, the key to victory for the defense for me is getting enough pressure off of this defensive front four. And that, that way it doesn't expose some of the, some of the vulnerabilities and some of the holes in our secondary. And it shows just how much they've actually improved. I think the success goes hand in hand with getting, getting after it on the defensive front four. Um, I don't think that the linebackers will be tested too much uh, with some of the, you know, uh, the dual threat, you know, capabilities of Penix Jr. I think they'll be able to get downhill and play after and get after Johnson. Johnson's a pretty decent running back, man. Uh, You know, he gets, he, he doesn't get the limelight that he deserves because he's just, you know, no, I, I don't want to say played down, but the wide receiver room for yeah. the Washington Huskies gets most of the love here, right? Yeah, yeah, they get they get most of the love, right? Johnson's a pretty damn good running back. I don't think the linebacker, I don't think Hill, I don't think uh, Benya, I, I don't think um, uh, Ford, I don't think we're going to struggle that much. This core is going to struggle that much getting after uh, the running back here, getting after Johnson. Um, again, let's see how, let's, let's see how the hog mollies eat up front and, you know, the key to success for me one more time, that defensive front four, baby. It is. And third downs, man. Uh, you know, we were just talking about that. Uh, PK talked about how important third downs are going to be. Um, well, it starts with we've made an emphasis because we weren't as good uh, last year um, in, on third down. So it was a huge emphasis in the offseason uh, through camp and all season long. And then at the end of the day, you know, we, we designed the, the defenses and the calls, and then the guys have just done a great job of executing all year long. Um, they understand the importance of it and obviously take uh, a lot of pride in it, and um, um, the results um, are what they are. Man of many words, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, uh, to, to what I was just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you take care of, of the, you know, the basic things, you know, the third down, efficiency and, and you know being able to get off the field on third down will will take care of itself 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's going to be big, and, and and it really is. I mean, I think it's going to be a great test for both secondaries. I mean, and the whole thing is, I mean, who who answers the call? I mean, who who does what they need to do? I mean, it's just, and it really is coming down to Wags the 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 in game adjustments. I mean, you can talk about well, they're going to the locker room to make adjustments. Well, for, forget that shit. What happens during the game? I mean, because at some point, one of these teams may fall behind ten points or whatever right. the thing is. How how do you answer that? I mean, what do you make personnel changes? I mean, what do you do the chess match is going to be so cool to watch because this really is i mean with with steve sarkeesian and kaylin devor man th- this is a chess match with just a couple of great fucking football minds man that that's going to be the underlying story in this watching these two just go toe to toe uh tit for tat whatever you want to call it and uh see who comes out at the end of this and i, I really think it's going to be texas all right well, what's your score what are you 38 what uh, 37 24 37 23 the 24, 24, 24, 37, yeah. 24. I'm going, I'm going 42, 24 here. Uh, and I will say it'll, the, the MVP will probably go to yours, but I would say for me, the MVP for me will probably be Jordan Whittington because I think he's going to be having some key plays to the game that allowed the Longhorns mm-hmm. to get over the top here on the yeah. Husky. All right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about, um, the uh, the Browns and Jets that we saw last night, thirty-seven to twenty. Uh, Mister Elite Arm himself, Joe Flacco, my guy. Uh, the Browns actually have a chance. Like I hear a few of my friends, a few of my Browns fans, like say say this phrase all the time: "Why not us? Why not us?" Right? Yeah. Well, why not the Browns? They got the number two defense going into this. The Ravens are projected the number one team coming out of the AFC, but the Browns are breathing right down their neck. They have decent I would say they're having just as good of play with Joe Flacco that they had with Deshaun Watson or they've had they've had just as good of play with Joe Flacco that they've had all year long if this is able to keep up if they're able to maintain this hell they beat the brakes off the Jets last night who are a decent defense they're I mean I don't know I don't know if they're playing you know, for their season or whatnot or if they all just kind of mailed it in or whatnot kind of looked like they mailed it in a little bit last night but it's still a formidable defense. You got Sauce Gardner and some young talent there on that defensive on that defensive side. But the Browns were able to move the ball up and down the field last night without Amari Cooper. Basically, it was just Njoku and, and Flacco. Uh, now, I'm not trying to take anything away from Ford. Ford got after it on the ground and pound, but still, man, and so did Hunt, too. Like, they have a decent one-two punch combination from their backfield. They got a formidable quarterback. And if you have a wide receiver like Amari Cooper that can make plays Every now and then, with some with some comparable play, you know, sprinkled in with uh, with Njoku here. My God, and, and you also got a defense playing championship caliber. The the Cleveland Browns. I said this a couple of weeks ago. The Cleveland Browns can make a shot at this thing, and people looked at me with a boom a bombastic side eye, man. But dude, I don't look too much like an idiot right now. I got to tell you, Wags, the, the the Cleveland Browns, and, and how good is Joe Flacco that that he can do what he's doing, and he's over there fucking napping on the sideline. I mean, they they, they pan over there, and it's like the hey, old wait, man nap, the old man nap. He dozed off. And I and I saw it. I saw it on the on the Twitter where they're talking about when you have all them kids. That's about the only time that you can go over there and, and sneak a snooze over there on the sideline. The but, old the old man nap. The old fart, um, Wags. The Cleveland Browns are the team. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, 
I know I've been on the Baltimore Raven bandwagon here for for a pretty good while about how good how good they are, and and then when they go out and destroy San Francisco, you know, it's like oh shit, you know, everybody now is like mailing this thing in to where to where Baltimore is going to not only fucking win the AFC, but they're 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 going to be the Super Bowl champions by by far. But the Browns are that team, dude. I mean, the, the Browns are scrappy, they're gritty. The, this is the team that that in a playoff atmosphere. Cleveland's an outside team. I think that's something that, that weighs huge if you get into a Baltimore and a Cleveland. Plus, not to mention, oh, by the way, Baltimore's the old Cleveland Browns. So there's all of that as well. I mean, I, I really do think that Cleveland is the team that can go in there and knock these dudes right off of the mantle when everybody's mailing this thing in and say it's going to be Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and, and, and all that bunch. Um, like, like you said right there with in Joker, I mean, it. I mean, the Joe Flacco story in and of itself, dude. How great is that? It's, it's pretty crazy. fun. It's a pretty fun narrative. I'm seeing that shit. Um, and and like this is a team that people were writing off within the first three weeks of the campaign, <laughs> too, right? Yeah. It, like yeah. with all the injuries they that they've been able to to you know overcome and and I, I guess find some type of of way to emerge victorious throughout this campaign, dude. I mean, you you lose Nick Chubb, the one of the best running backs. Uh, in the league, not to mention, you know, the captain, one of the captains of your team, you know, you're, you're basically, you have every right to kind of mail it in, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Of course, you know, the pride in you is not going to allow you to do that, but then Ford steps in, he's tremendous. They make, you know, they, they sign hunt to, to bring him back into the locker room to give you that one, two tandem like they had with, with, uh, with Chubb and Ford. Now you have it with, with Ford and hunt. And then, you know, the whole time they're sitting here thinking that they have inconsistent play from their quarterback room and now you're starting to find a little bit of the consistency rodney yeah, yeah. to me i think the browns are a contender a, so a, a legit yeah. contender not just a pretender they're a chance or they're a team that can actually go in there and knock off the ravens i don't think many teams can but the the browns have the fortitude and have the personnel to actually compete with the ravens because you need a dominant defense to take on lamar jackson yeah, yeah, but um, um, Cleveland. I mean, that's they're playing old school football right now. You, you know, they're doing it with. So with it's born where it's funny how old school football is starting to to take yeah, over right. and win in this modern day quarterback driven era. It's it's absolutely funny to me. You know, with the way that the, the NFL has evolved. You know, with with the with the air it out and and you know all the West coast offenses, all the different things. And then here you go plugging shit into where you've got guys just, you know, manhandling the football and utilizing the running game. And, and, and same on the other side of the ball, when you have defenses that are just making stops and shutting shit down, it's like, man, that's like football that we used to enjoy 20 years ago when you see that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's right. refreshing. It's, it's, it's people that we haven't heard of. I mean, I just love it. Yeah. Great. Great. Baltimore kind of like the boys have it. Yeah. Yeah. JD Hack 80 says Baltimore's yeah. kind of like the boys. Um, yeah, so here's the thing about Baltimore. When was the last time Baltimore actually won the Super Bowl? Was that with Flacco? I remember the 2001 Super Bowl where it, where it was at defense, the defense that won them that Super Bowl. They, they won another Super Bowl. They, they won when I was in Hawaii, too. So they, I, they, they had they to win one, one like 2006, 2000. I know they beat yeah. the Patriots. Like, they beat the Patriots yeah. with Flacco. Hell, yeah, because uh, twenty twelve went yeah. uh, the Flacco threw that long, that long touchdown and went right behind the defender there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, so, what, yeah, 2012, yeah. 2012 with Flacco. Yeah, yeah. With Fl Joe Flacco, elite arm. Yeah, well, um, I tell you, it. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I love the observation there that Jake made about Denver. Yeah, Denver, Denver. Who's laughing now? Huh, look at Flacco. 
Who do you have? All of that money that you invested in your guy, you're hell, you're trying to find ways to get rid of this dude. And you yeah, know? and and we talked a little bit about that too yesterday, right? With Peyton sitting down, Russ Wilson, and it, <clears throat> I, I, I was thinking maybe it was you know to kind of preserve his arm or or just no. preserve the health yeah. of Russ Wilson, but maybe yeah. that's not the case, man. Um, you got to figure out the next plan. Reports from what I've been reading, man, is that Peyton and Russell Wilson just don't see eye to eye. And like Peyton is not, or Wilson is not Peyton's guy. No, Um, no. And I don't know how you fix Russell Wilson. If you're Sean Peyton, you went into a situation to where you basically have all your franchise money tied up into a quarterback that is. Yeah. (laughs) To be, to be kind is at the last remaining years of his ride so to speak, yeah. right? You're trying to squeeze and get every ounce of athletic play, quarterback play that you can get out of Russell Wilson while you can. Um, I don't know if Sean Payton has the patience to do that. Sean Payton feels like he's a coach that wants to win now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he has the, I don't think he has the patience to go through another three years to try and get Russell Wilson, right. To try and fix no. Russell Wilson. He has young, talented studs around him right now that he can win with a decent, with, Within elite quarterback, he could win right now. Yeah. Um. You got to fix up. You got to sure up a lot of stuff on your defense because you you're giving you you can't give, be giving away seventy point uh seventy burgers to to the Dolphins and whatnot. But still, you have to be able to shore up your quarterback room. And if you're not getting the quarterback, if you're not getting the elite quarterback play that you should get out of a veteran savvy quarterback like what well, Russell Wilson, you got to pull the strings and, and make a move now before you just continue to go down the path of mediocrity for what the next three years yeah and and it's definitely a move right here to where it's like i mean if you're denver i mean you hope that jared stidham could can be the guy because right when it, when, when it comes to when you go shopping it's kind of like one of those things i mean you, you ain't got a lot of money to go shopping with you know it, it's like uh you, you better hope that this guy i mean otherwise you're 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 hoping that you can find a diamond in a rough or or somebody that's been cast off you know kind of like joe flacco has or or some of these other guys because you you just don't have the capital you don't have any fucking leverage to be able to go find the next guy so i really think it's a move right there towards like okay you know we got to figure out what's going to happen here uh wags before we uh, go too much further i do want to talk about another travel partner uh, that's come aboard uh, for everything coming up to New Orleans as everybody starts to head out. It's my friends over in Round Rock at More Clean, Central Texas Premier, street sweeping, construction sweeping, and erosion control company covering a large territory from Waco all the way to San Antonio. That is the Texaplex that we like to call it. And these folks headquartered right here in Round Rock where I am. And uh, they take care of all of that massive stuff. If you have anything, uh, you know, street sweeping, pressure washing, whatever the case is business residential i mean side of the house you get all that uh, nasty looking green stuff on there they'll come out they'll power wash and clean all of that stuff up for you check them out at morecleantexas.com or you can call in 512-775-1918 and they will take care of you right there good buddy of mine my man jose moore fellow graduate of lockhart high school we played on a uh we played on a lockhart a few lockhart line teams together so uh, it goes way back i'm glad he's a part of this with us also supporting local uh, high school activities uh raider nation right there big time into uh, cedar ridge basketball not only that football theater and all the cool stuff it is more clean more clean texas.com wags no way jose thank you so much man for uh jose moore for hitting us up there with 
a little bit of more cleaners, man. Also, our friends at Audiovisual Consultations. We got a lot of college football on today, man. It's bowl season. You got Ohio State in Mizzou. Yeah, Mizzou. You about to get boat raced by them Buckeyes, man, because they're a little bit hot and heated right now. You can do that yep. with Audiovisual Consultations. 512-222, or excuse me, 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678, consultations.com. Over the past 35 years and setting the standard in audiovisual automation um, in your central Texas area. If you like the 4K televisions that I got behind me in the arcade system, you can go with that. Or you can go and get something of your own that you see off the gallery projects over the past 35 years. Maybe you want that dream theater system that I have downstairs. Or maybe you want something set up completely just for you. Audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. Give them a call right now and they will give you the home and audio setup of your dreams. Yeah. And and I got to tell you, I love what the other observation. We got we to tell our friends about Covert. Yeah. Yeah. Got to talk about them before I do that. I love the other observation there as, as we're, you know, crowning crowning the Ravens. Buffalo's another one, Wags. Cleveland I'm not big. Buffalo. I'm not on Buffalo. I'm not on Buffalo. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm not on Buffalo. Yeah. What, what, what do you like about Buffalo, though? Uh, they're playing for their playoff lives, like I was talking about. It seems like right now it, there, there's a huge sense of urgency right now, and uh, they're finding ways not to fuck up, uh, finally. I if, don't think they have the consistency that they need at the running. I, I don't think Cook that's gives good you James Cook. James Cook's decent, but he's not consistent. Like, Buffalo needs more consistency from their ground and pound in order to make them a decent team to get deeper into the playoffs here. If you're just going to ride on the arm of Josh Allen and the wheels of Josh Allen, you might be coming up a little bit short, man. You got to have a little bit more production play coming from your backfield as well. That's what Lamar Jackson gets. He gets yeah. he gets sprinkled co uh, complimentary play from his backfield, and then he goes out there and makes the plays that he needs to make uh, with his arm and his legs. Josh Allen doesn't have that complimentary play out Great of his backfield point. yet. Great point. Great point. Um, talking about the coverts, obviously. Uh, they also as well uh, a part of Travel Partners uh, for Texas Sports Unfiltered heading to NOLA. But, I mean, they, they've been with us since the get-go. I mean, great folks out there. 42 acres in, in beautiful Bee Cave out in the Hill Country. Take the ride out uh, on 71. Three state-of-the-art dealerships. Seven different brands of new and pre-owned cars, trucks, SUVs. Maybe even some com uh, commercial stuff that I saw on Facebook from our man Dan Covert. Check them out. They're also going to service all of your stuff. Don't change your own oil. Don't mess with any of that stuff. Look under your hood. You can't find the dipstick. Like I say, I'm the dipstick because I can't find the dipstick. They'll take care of that for you. 86 service bays in and out the door. You're not going to spend all day at the dealership. CovertBeacave.com. Check out your weekly specials, friends. Weekly specials. Now we're into the new year. So th this is a great time to get your next um, newer pre-owned vehicle. No other place than CobertBeacave.com. Great folks out there. Stop by, see Stacy, Mike, my man, Mr. Washington. They will all get you taken care of. Hell, Dan will sell you your vehicle if you want to buy it from Dan. It is CobertBeacave.com since 1909, serving generations of Central Texans. It's the Covert family. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now. Sure as hell. Not ever. Looky there. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> sorry about that. Ravens will take out the Dolphins, and Jim Carrey won't be able to find them. <laughs> All right. That as soon as I read that, it it immediately reminded me of when he turns around. Um, the detective, it's I guess it's yeah. Finkel and Einhorn, Rafe or or Detective Einhorn turns around. Either this person's a man, or they have got the worst case of hemorrhoids that I have ever seen. It turns around <laughs> and just kind of bulge out of the ass. Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, 
It, uh, you know, Wags, I think kind of, you know, kind of. still one we, of my favorite movies, Ace Ventura. Pet, the first one, I mean, the, the second one's decent when nature calls, but the first one's still probably my favorite one, man. The OG. Another one, one of those. Yeah, it's like leave it alone. Just, yeah, you know. Cobb, you got the, the boxer Tex Cobb in there. Randall, Randall Tex Cobb. Cobb. Randall Tex Cobb. Man, yeah, I remember that dude. God dang it. Um, Wags with, with Texas and Washington. I mean, really, is, isn't this a time, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. This really is a time, if you're a Texas football fan, and the whole thing is I, I feel I feel bad that it seems like volleyball winning another natty, you know, back-to-back right there. It's, it's kind of been overshadowed with this whole Texas football thing. And it's, I, I think it's just a really good time and, and a much-deserved uh, deal for Texas football fans. Man, you've been waiting for this for so freaking long. Rejoice in this, man. This is a really cool thing that's about to happen. Uh, yeah, I've kind of I've tried to take it all in over the past month, um, but I, 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 you know, it's inevitable. Like I want more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, I can't help myself think, you know, to not be satisfied. Like I know we should be satisfied. Like this is a win in all circum, you know, in all in all circumstances, this is a win for Texas Longhorn football, right? I'm I'm not I'm not subscribing to that yet. Um, I because I believe that we should have been here in the first place. Uh, when we were all when remember you know a couple of months ago when we were given our predictions and everybody was saying you know um, you know nine and three ten and two eleven and one there was one crazy son of a bitch out there that said eleven and one as well but I have a really good chance that we could make it twelve and zero you called it you I, called I said twelve I said twelve and zero you called and I said, it. if we can beat if we can beat Alabama. We will definitely. There's no damn reason why we shouldn't have a twelve or you know, a twelve win season, right? Um, we came up short. We came up four points short against Oklahoma. I, again, just just really inconsistent linebacker play and in defensive play in that Oklahoma game. You could say that you know you know it, the Red River rivalry or whatnot. It was uh, you know anomaly of a game. All, all types of you know pageantry you know was distracting or whatnot. I, I don't I don't care. We lost. You know, big mm-hmm. fact of the matter is we lost by four points. Um, I've been a believer in this squad ever since I saw them play in the bowl game last year, right? And we did it without without our studs. You know, we were able to come out there and still be able to perform and play and give you a little bit of a preview of what we were going to see this year. The orange and white game gave me even more confidence that we would be a dominant team this year. And then, of course, I had a, a, a few concerns when we played Rice or whatnot. And then when I saw saw us play Wyoming, I, I knew how decent of a team Wyoming was going to be, right? Uh, and they do de- they do uh, they do they do the the little things right, Good which team. is usually what you yeah. what you have to do to have you know, winning campaigns. And and Wyoming was an eight-win team, which we called. We, we knew that they would be an eight-win team. But the fact that Texas was able to continue to build off of what they did last year and do the little things right that I talk about week in and week out, which is why I knew that this would team, this team would be a 11-win or a 12-win team. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been, everybody's been surprised, but I haven't been surprised. And for me, like, to get to this, to the Sugar Bowl, it's not enough for me. I need, I, I want the win and I want the damn national championship because it's it's within our reach. It's within our grasp. The Longhorns have a chance to do it and we're going to get it done, guys. Book them. And, and I think the other part of that is, I mean, the Oklahoma loss, yeah, that sucks. And, and you don't want to lose to your rival ever, ever. But I really think what that did, it galvanized this team. 
because you, you look at them from them, and like I've said so many times, Wags, there have been games along the way since Oklahoma that this program would have found a fucking way to lose, and they didn't. They didn't. They won right. it with back quarterbacks. They won it with RB1 down. They found it with, at times, a leaky secondary. They yeah. always answered the call, and I think that's that's, that's the biggest thing for this program. That's right the now. things that we need to look at throughout this whole campaign, right? You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have, uh, you know, turmoil and whatnot. And and how do you deal with adversity, right? Usually, that's the marks of a championship team. When mm-hmm. you go back and see, well, how did this team win the championship? What did they What did they go through? What did they deal with adversity? How did they yep. persevere, right? Yep. You lost your number one running back. Yep. Okay. The next two weeks. You consistently put in running back two, he had, or you can call him running back two, CJ Baxter, 100 yeah. yards. Next week, blue, 100 yards, right? Your quarterback goes down, your first string quarterback goes down, right? Malik Murphy steps in. Formidable quarterback, you were still yeah. able to get the game. Not, not the productivity that you would get with the number one with QB1, clearly, but still able to come in there and right the ship and, and steady the waters, so to speak, and get us away with a victory, right? Yeah, you have setbacks. You have you know injuries with uh you know with with other uh, personnel, right? Able to get through that. I think when it comes down to it, you see the the marks on this campaign to where all right, adversity was dealt with, adversity was met. They persevered. That's the story of the Longhorns, man. Longhorns, Longhorns, take it, baby. I like. I'm, of course, we'll be breaking it down after you know the 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 Sugar Bowl or whatnot, but. I got to think out of the out of the front four, man, or out of the the top four teams. We are the front runners to run away with this thing. And yep. of course, I'm drinking a lot of burnt orange Kool Aid. Anyways, it is time for it's only an hour. What's up, Jordan? What's up, Jeff? <clears throat> burnt, uh, blown and going down here in New Orleans, man. <laughs> a lot of stuff to do, not enough time to get it done. How's the weather, it's dude? Here, man. Balmy. It's cold. Oh, cold, man. It's like it's like 42 when I woke up this morning. Uh-oh. It's supposed okay. to warm up. It's supposed to warm up uh, over the weekend, and then I think Tuesday when we head out of here, hopefully getting ready to go to Houston. That's uh, right. It's going to be cold again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what you guys got on the plate today, man? All Sugar Bowl all the time, man. We got Sugar Bowl sure. recruiting. That's pretty much uh, – it, it's only an hour. It ain't a lot of time for us to BS, man. That's that's pretty much what Jordan right. and I are about. It's, about. it's about ball, ball, and more ball. That's it. That's it. We can't wait to hear it, man. We got to get out of here, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Chaos Theory, man. And uh, hopefully you guys have a great day. And we can't wait to hear the rest of the show, man. It's only an hour. It's up next. Absolutely. You guys take care. Hook them. Rodney, you guys. You guys. Thank you, gentlemen.